When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? That's right. It's time for Click or Don't Click, a fun way. We take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending at 11.05 a.m. on this Sunday morning. Typically, our producers lead the way. That's Tom and Julian. Gentlemen, uh, what are some of the headlines right now? All right, Anita. So I figured, you know what? We were already talking about baseball. I'm going to keep the conversation going just a little bit more. So, Mm -hmm. Anita, would you like to know how long these spring training games have been lasting as of yesterday's slate of games? Because I think it's a very interesting thing that we mentioned because we were talking about the pitch clock in the last segment and how we think that's going to shorten the game. Well, the numbers are in, and I think they are actually working in MLB's favor. I'm, I'm very curious. So... The average game length from last season I'm seeing, the number I've got in front of me is 3 minutes and 7 seconds, or essentially just 3 and change, really. I know some numbers might be... A, we'll like just round some, it out to 3 minutes. Exactly. We'll just say... Th- right? Yeah. Okay. Or 3 hours, not 3 minutes, but that's okay. Uh, so... That's what I mean. 3 minutes. Three. I mean, 3 hours. 3 hours. There you go. I'm like Tina. It's early. It's early. <laughs> it's only 11 a.m. on a Sunday. It's all right. <laughs> three, 3 hours. 3 hours. All right. All right. So... We only had three games yesterday out of a slate of at least over 10 games. I can't do the math right now because that's too hard. And there's three games that went over the length of three hours, 306, 306, and 303. The shortest games, Anita, how long do mm-hmm. you think they ranged? Two hours and 32 minutes. That would be right in the middle of how they ranged. So the shortest game yesterday was two hours and 15 minutes. Wow. And then it went up to 216 and 221 were the other uh, bottom three in terms of lowest uh, spring training game time. So it's going to be interesting now that we're going to have games that could potentially be possibly even less than two hours at some point. If If it's really a pitcher's duel, honestly, that could be the way some baseball games just go. What what are networks going to do? They're well, going to have to fill. The, they're they're going to have to fill a lot of time. I mean, I mean, they might have to fill a, a lot of time. But I feel like there could be like some contingencies in case you know the game ends early or you go to a rain delay. I feel like you always have to have that plan B, possibly. Right. That's it's interesting. Listen, it's it's it, to me it's fascinating that that much that much time can be shaved, right? Like, I knew they'd save some time, but that's a pretty significant amount of time there, Tom. Yeah, I know the minor leagues, I think they hovered around an average of like two and a half um, last year, two hours, 30 minutes in terms of game length, somewhere around there. But I know it definitely was shaved off the clock, and it's going to work in MLB's favor. Now, is it actually going to bring in new fans? We'll see. But in their goal of accomplishing shorter game times, 
absolutely, they're going to have that in spades this year. Um, here's another thing that we have not mentioned um, in, in discussing this, and that is they're even going to get a lot more um, aggressive in trying to uh, find out who's, who's using the sticky stuff. Did you see that? That they're gonna they're gonna they're going to uh, check more more players and more frequently in regard to who's using whatever substance uh, try to help them with their their pitching. Yeah, but I feel like they've already started to crack down on it to where the players know that they're going to get checked at some point. So you know you can't have the sticky stuff on you. Now, if they're going to check it more diligently, maybe exactly they found That's a some, great word. Maybe they found some ways that people were kind of subverting the rules a little bit. Um, but I don't, I mean, we haven't heard a real case of that. I know we've seen some guys get like a suspension because they have been caught with the sticky stuff. I think Marco Gonzalez was a, was a topic of that, uh, last year or a subject of that, I should rather say. Um, but I, I don't think that's really going to be a huge thing to be honest. That's kind of come and gone in terms of baseball players know they're going to get checked. So naturally I don't think they'll have as much sticky stuff on them if at all. Okay. All right. Uh, I see we've got some calls lining up, um, 800-919-3776. Uh, we're doing click or don't click right now, uh, but when we get back, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely take your calls. What are some of the other uh, top storylines, Tom? Uh, I'll take one. Oh, so great. Hi, Julian. Hi. Uh, let's move on to some college basketball. And this one came out in Arizona, where Arizona State stuns number seven Arizona with a 60-foot buzzer beater. Out for the baseball pass if you're Arizona. Follow makes it. Two-point lead. Three seconds left. No timeouts. Neal inbounds. Desmond Cambridge. Oh! He got it! He won it! Arizona State has done it! So as you heard, that was Desmond Cambridge Jr. who had a 60-foot buzzer beater for Arizona Excuse me, Arizona State to rally from ten point deficit to beat number seven Arizona eighty nine to eighty eight. Wow, um, I'm really excited for March Madness. I'm really excited for uh, for Selection Sunday. Um, we're gonna uh, for folks who 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 do listen to me. Uh, March Madness to me is this my second favorite sporting event of the year. Um, I do a deep dive. I get really into it. I love Selection Sunday. Um, I, I want to keep an eye on some of the conference championships that are going to be taking place because, uh, I, I, first of all, I, I, I'm sure Houston is going to get the number one overall seed. I, I think you can make an argument in a discussion that Kansas, um, I'm not sure Purdue makes it in as the top four. Keep an eye on UCLA. I think if UCLA wins the Pac-12, I think there's a good chance that they get um, the number one seed over Purdue. So th- the next few weeks are, are, are really, really going to be a lot of fun. Selection Sunday is going to be really interesting. And then one of my bucket lists is to, I want to be in Vegas for that Thursday and Friday, that first Thursday and Friday after Selection Sunday. It's one of my bucket list things I want to do eventually. I'll make it happen. But uh, really excited for March Madness. All right, guys, one one more. What's what's another thing that's trending? All right, let's... Let's go a little hockey here, and let's stick local because the Rangers have traded Vitaly Kratsov to the Vancouver Canucks for Will Lockwood and a seventh-round draft pick in the 2026 draft. Now you might be asking yourself, why does that matter? Well, if you don't know, there is a big NHL star out there by the name of Patrick Kane. Don't know if you heard of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He plays for the Chicago Blackhawks, and he has left the team amid trade talk 
and it appears as if the Rangers could potentially be his top choice. Um, Oh. It should be mentioned that he is a pending unrestricted free agent, and he also has a no-movement clause in his contract right now, which pretty much means the Blackhawks have to hypothetically accept whatever the Rangers would offer them in return or what other team would offer them in return because Patrick Kane can choose the team that he goes to if he wants to be traded. But this would be huge for our New York Rangers if they did land a star of the caliber of Patrick Kane in the trade market for that playoff push for the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. Um, in, in looking at uh, in looking at the Eastern Conference, um, you know, obviously Boston up there, uh, the Lightning, I think the Sabres, I, I think are, are, are going to be a team that's going to be really competitive uh, in the postseason. Um, everybody loves the Hurricanes, you know, obviously for, for good reason in the Rangers sitting there third in the Metro uh, Metro division. So I, I, I like them as well in the West. Uh, I talked about it with Stormy earlier in the show. Love love the Dallas Stars, of course. Who doesn't? Um, the Vegas Golden Knights as well. I think are going to make some noise. It's uh, this. It's going to be a fun postseason for the NHL. That's for sure. And uh, if the Rangers could pick up where they left off last season, was a lot of fun for the Rangers, right? Like uh, totally surpassing expectation. Um, hoping that this postseason for the Rangers could be just as great. Uh, quick break. We come back. Guys, thank you so much, by the way. That is what is trending. Uh, not to mention, uh, one more time, if you can, uh, the Machado news from Jeff Passan, Tom. Sure. As of an hour ago, Manny Machado and the Padres agreed to an 11-year, $350 million extension. That will lock him up in Southern California for a very long time. No trade clause and no opt-outs in that deal, a.k.a. Manny Machado is not coming to New York anytime soon. Shohei Otani, you're on the clock. There you go. 800-919-3776. That's the phone number. Uh, I know quite a few people want to chime in uh, again on the rules. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get your calls. Also, Marley Rivera, who covers the Yankees, all things Major League Baseball for EF, ESPN, was kind enough to jump on with me on my Bet Digital show earlier this week. And we talked about the Yankees. We talked about Aaron Judge. And I had a discussion with Doug Kazarian in regard to if either of us believe that he is going to lead the league in home runs yet again, or is he going to take a step back? Is there going to be some regression? What say you? 800-919-3776. We'll hear uh, that discussion coming your way next as well. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, the St. Louis Blues. This was their song. Something happened. Like Oh, I think it was they, Gloria. Oh, that was it. Gloria, that was it. You're right. You're right. I think I think the story was that they were they were in Philadelphia. They were taking on the Flyers and um they were on like this losing streak and they were at some some restaurant some bar in Philadelphia and that Gloria that song came on and they all started singing and dancing and they beat the Flyers that night and they went on like some like insane run. And so it became their song. Something like that. I want I want to say that's the story or I don't think I'm making it up. Uh, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Vincenzo, joining us from uh, from Far Rockway. Uh, welcome in. So, I'm out, cur- out of curiosity because I, I think you I think I'm you've got a, a, a really can you can you hear me? I think you've got a really cool name. I'm curious what what's your nickname? They call me Vinny. They just they just call you Vinny. Okay. All yeah, right. Vin, Vinny. But look. I've been calling all week. I mean, thankfully, you guys just mentioned Patrick Kane and the New York Rangers. I mean, come on now. Is this even a New York sports radio station? Like, this is a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's won an overtime-winning Stanley Cup gold. Best American-born player ever. Well, guess what? I'll be the first to, I'll be the first to welcome him in. Patrick Kane, welcome to the New York Rangers, baby. <laughs> I thought you wanted to, call, to to talk about the uh, Major League Baseball, the new rules in Major League Baseball. Oh, no, I think that's great, honestly. I, I, uh, I really do. I, I think it'll speed up the game. It'll be more entertaining. I want to see more people stealing, too. And uh, a few other – no, it's great for the game, honestly. All right. What do you think? Vinny, thanks, thanks for the phone call, Vinny. Appreciate it. Let's go to I, – I, I, already, I already talked about it. Um, I'm neither here nor there on it. Uh, like it's not going to change my love uh, or, or dislike for the, for the game. I'm just, I'm more intrigued. I think this pitch clock, I think this is going to affect the batters and them getting in the batter's box in that eight seconds. I, I think, I think the batters are going to have an issue with this pitch clock more so than pitchers will just my two cents. Curious to see how this plays out. Let's go to Danny in long Island. Danny, you're up. Vincenzo fully caffeinated this morning. He was ready to roll. <laughs> By the way, Dexy in the Midnight Runners, Come On Eileen, a one-hit wonder that came out in March of my senior year in high school. Guess what year? Um, I'm dating myself. I'm eight, older than you. 1983. Ni- what? Danny, you didn't even give me a chance to guess, I know, dude. I, I didn't think you were going to get it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Go ahead. So now, uh, as far as, oh, by the way, thank you for that, for that update on the Arizona last-minute heave. That was the last leg of a four-pick uh, parlay on the money line that with a 10-point lead with a few minutes to go, I had already in the bank. <laughs> Not to be. There you as go. far as the baseball goes, I'm a baseball guy. I'm getting ready to go down to Florida to see my son in Boca Raton next week. Nice. Uh, I, I, love, I love the pitch clock because I think they need to sit down these Major League Baseball players and show them the Yankee classics that they always put on. The Yankees always win those games, by the way. And you look at the flow of the game, whether it was Ron Guidry, Tommy John, they're speeding up the game without changing the essence of the game. And baseball players, through their culture and their with the, with the batting glove rotation, you know, the whole ritual between pitches, it's all unnecessary. And 
I like that part of the rule. It's you know, I watched the game. It was much quicker. I always say if you call more strikes, people have to swing the bat. I, I like action. I like line drives to right field being base hits. I don't want to see the second baseman standing out there in no man's land. I like I like that rule as well. I don't like a rule that limits the number of pickoffs because it changes the nature of the game. Where now, if I throw over twice now, you know you basically have a, a head start. But also think about the now with the pitcher. If there's a pitch clock on the wall and I'm on second base, a runner, I'm looking at that clock. I see three, two, I'm just going to go. So now it's going to force the pitchers to actually maybe speed up or change their pace to keep the base runners guessing as to, well, you don't want to wait till the last second. It's almost like in football when you see the play clock running down and you mm-hmm. see the linebacker start blitzing because he knows point. he's really going to call hike or it's going to be a delay of game. So I like all the rules that don't change the nature of the game. And I, I think it's good for baseball because the game has gotten to be too Long. I'm done. Danny, th- Danny, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. An excellent point in regard to that pitch clock and, and having an advantage um, for those uh, on base who want to steal bases, uh, knowing that uh, they, they, they do have an advantage, especially if, if the pitcher is not um, alternating uh, his, his time. So, uh, so that will be interesting as well. Um, again, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I host a gambling show on ESPN plus it's called bet. And this week, Marley Rivera was kind enough to join me to talk about the Yankees and Aaron judge. And then Paul, uh, Paul, Doug Kazarian and I discuss: do we feel that, um, that Aaron is going to lead major league baseball in home runs again? Let's listen in. No bigger storyline, right? Than Aaron Judge and what our expectation, what our expectations are for him this season after an unbelievable season last year. So, what what has Aaron said about the pressure heading into this year? With everybody hoping he repeats such amazing success. Thank you so much for having me, Anita. Always great to hear you and see you. But I have to tell you, the pressure is maybe twofold. Him becoming, right, the first Yankees captain since Derek Jeter retired in 2014. You know, the, the 16th Yankees captain, that's a lot of pressure too. But at least on that, you know, on that front, Aaron Judge ain't going to change. Things are going to be exactly the same in that clubhouse. I even asked manager Aaron Boone today whether he addressed the team. And, of course, they were very cagey. They don't tell you what they say. Right? It was that there. And then afterwards, I said to Aaron Judge, you're the captain. Now, are you going to address the team? And he said, Marley, no. I'm going to continue doing what I do, doing those small group conversations. If I have to talk to the infielders, if I have to talk to the outfielders. So I think we need to worry if Aaron Judge is going to be a group address. That's not going to happen. But he is very excited about this year. Now, it took 61 years for him to break the American League home run record and, of course, surpassing the great Roger Maris, the Hall of Famer. Can he do it this year? We actually exactly asked him that. Can you do it this year? And he said, you never know. You, you never know. Uh, one last question before we let you go. We know how great the uh, the Yankees are in the regular season, but Marley, it never seems like they can get over the hump in the postseason, huh. right, in October, November, and win that championship. What do you feel is different this year heading into this season that maybe this is the year uh, they do win that pennant? Well, Anita, you know your baseball well, being in New York, and you know it's always about pitching, pitching, pitching. The Yankees relievers were outstanding. Of course, the first half of the season, the rotation was too, but then those injuries got them, and they really need a very strong performance from that rotation from their ace, Garrett Cole, who also had a historic season last year, surpassing none other than Ron Guidry, but we know in that strikeout record, but they're also going to need help from that big left arm that they got in Carlos Rodon. That is something that even Judge mentioned specifically 
exactly how, you know, that big one-two at the top is going to be crucial for the Yankees and another maybe monster year for Luis Severino, who is going into a free agency year. And we know that sometimes the free agency years are quite interesting, as we saw from Aaron Judge this year. So it's about rotation, rotation, rotation. And the Yankees have a much better one this year. But that's what we said last year. And they got swept by the Astros. But at least the Astros don't have Verlander. That's true. He's in New York. He's with the Mets. <laughs> Marley, thank you so much. Keep him kicking button, taking names, Marley. You do such a great job covering the Yankees. Look forward to seeing you on bet in the future. Let's go back to Doug Kazarian in Las Vegas. Spring training is going to be here before we know it, Doug. Aaron Judge, 6-1 to one, to lead Major League Baseball in home runs for a second consecutive year. Reaction or no action? So this is like 51-49, really close. But I'd say reaction. I actually think he has the disposition to play in New York like he did and return and follow up a season like he did last year and off the big contract. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, and I've talked to coaches who've come through ESPN as an analyst in all sports, and they say a lot of guys sometimes get that first big contract, and they almost play differently. Like, they have to produce more and do things, and it's trying too hard, and it really can mess with your head. I actually think Judge is is comfortable in his own skin, knows what he does and what he, he can do, and he can handle the pressure that comes with being the Yankee captain. Now that's a new label for him and all this. So I actually think six to one is worth the price. Um, I'm surprised it's not like four or five to one. So again, real close for me, but yeah, let's have some fun and root for Judge Dingers. It would be fun, obviously, to put that money down on Aaron Judge, especially a number of people here in New York, but I'm going no action here, right? Like 62 home runs, 131 runs, a 3-1-1 batting average on the season. Just ridiculous. But keep in mind, Doug, it was a contract year, right? And what did that equate to? Nine years, $360 million. He is 31 years old. He will be 32 this calendar year. And I have some health questions. And this was a big reason why I was really reluctant uh, that the Yankees re-signed him to this deal. Because the last two seasons have been great for Aaron Judge, right? 148 games. But previous to that, the last three seasons prior, he missed 113 games. I just don't know if he's going to be as fortunate health-wise to play as many games as we, we've seen him play the last two years. And without that that uh, that incentive of wanting that great contract from the Yankees, I just, I just don't see it happening two years in a row. So no action here for me. Again, Marley Rivera, Doug Kazarian joining me on uh, on Bet, which you can tune into every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on ESPN Plus. Uh, when we get back, uh, if you missed it earlier this morning, Moke Hamilton joined me on the program to talk about the Knicks coming off of a win last night against the Pelicans. They have won five straight. Love what they've done at the trade deadline. Moke and I dive into it. We discuss next here on ninety point seven ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. 
How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Writer and uh, senior editor of uh, basketballnews.com uh, join me on the program to talk about the Knicks. Uh, is it a tear considering they've won five straight? No, but damn, they look good. Uh, and, uh, and, and like I said in my discussion with, with, with Moak, uh, love what they did at the trade deadline. Uh, my first question to Moak, of course, was what's his take on how well the Knicks have looked as of late? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I kind of echo those sentiments, and uh, you know, I, I mean, Josh Hart. Uh, well, even even before we talk about Josh Hart, you know, one thing that you got to kind of credit the Knicks for um, is just the continuity. You know, it's it's the the patience that the front office has had um, with Tom Thibodeau, and it's also with with Tibbs. I think really sort of sticking with Julius Randle. You know, like Randle has definitely paid back. The, the faith and confidence um, with interest. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of people were advocating for him to be shipped out. Um, you know, people were advocating for the Knicks to trade in, even if it meant getting a lesser return for what his value was, um, mainly because they wanted to see the Knicks opened up for Obi Toppin, um, wanted to see some reps opened up for R.J. Barrett, and also because Randall just had a pretty bad season last year. I think that it's, it's fair to say that. Um, I, I think he's having a bit of a redemption campaign right now. Uh, it's impossible to argue with what he's produced on the court, getting getting the all-star berth. And now, you know, the Knicks kind of are looking up in the standings with a few games to go in the season. And they have a puncher's chance of uh, of landing a top-four season in the Eastern Conference, which I don't think many people expected. Now, as far as Josh Hart is concerned, you know, you add him and it just kind of gives you another item in that cabinet that kind of helps Tom Thibodeau play the kind of basketball that he wants. And as far as Hart is concerned, you know, you're talking about a consummate professional. You're talking about someone who has great chemistry with Jalen Brunson and someone who's going to bring it to you every night, play on both ends of the court and give you another reliable shot maker. So I think that uh, the faith in Randall, um, the way that, that Tom Thibodeau has kind of constructed his rotation and now the addition of Josh Hart, I think if you're the Knicks, you've you got to feel pretty good about where you are heading into the, the final stretch of the season about 20 games to go. I'm with you. I'm with you. And and, and I know last last season, uh, well, actually the last two years, you and I have had the conversation about Julius Randle, and I felt like I didn't like what the front office did in regard to the makeup of this team, and I felt like he was playing out of sorts because it was just an offense that did not best suit his skill set. And uh, getting, uh, you know, obviously bringing in uh, Jalen Brunson and, and, and what we're seeing, we're now seeing Julius Randle thrive again. Because, you know, there, there's always that conversation, right? Is Julius Randle a legit one? What do I mean by a one? I call it an alpha, right? Like a LeBron, a Steph Curry, and a Katie. You know, it, listen, he's the one on this team. And, and now you can say he might be, you know, 1A, 1B with, with, with Brunson. So I just, you know, in, in another co- topic of conversation you and I have had for many years, and that is, you know, th- this Knicks team doesn't have a true point guard. Well, they do now. So, um, so with that being said, yes, you're absolutely right. 
Uh, love the core of this team. Now let's go one step further. I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, not a big splash like we saw the Suns or the Dallas Mavs make, but I just I think signing Josh Hart is a sneaky good move and improves this team on both sides of the court. Your thoughts, Moke? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, and then, you know, this, they will have a very interesting decision to make this summer when he uh, more than likely opts out of his current deal and decides to, to become a free agent and hit the open market. So really, for the Knicks, it's, it's a question of whether you think that he's a long-term solution for you. And, you know, at the end of the day, you get what amounts to a, a 25-game audition. You know, and I mean, you look at it now, the Knicks, the Knicks have won five games in a row, which is not something that uh, happens all the time for them, right? Like a five-game win streak is really nothing to sneeze at in this league. Uh, second longest current win streak in the Eastern Conference. And uh, even even in the league, actually, I don't think anybody else has longer than a five-game win streak. The Milwaukee Bucks have won 13 in a row, and they did so without Giannis on their last contest, which was pretty impressive. But again, for, for the Knicks, I mean, I think um, the question really becomes, like, what are reasonable goals and expectations for this team now that you do have Josh Hart? But at this point, it's impossible to, to, to argue with the early returns. It gives you a lot more depth, gives you more reliable shot making, and just gives you a, a two-way player that's ultimately going to help your club. So I don't, I don't think you can argue with it right now. And based on what we've seen so far, it does seem wise for the Knicks to be thinking about trying to re-sign this guy and have this partnership with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle last a bit longer. Mo Hamilton joining us now, senior writer and editor for basketballnews.com and one of the coolest dudes I know. Um, in, in looking at big picture here, right, the Knicks right now, they're sitting at six, 35 and 27. They've won five in a row. Um, the Nets right in front of them. Obviously, the Nets, not the team they started the season with. They're sitting at 35 and 25, but a lot of those wins obviously was because of Katie and Kyrie. I see the Nets falling out of the six, the Knicks moving into five, and I think that first round in the postseason is going to be against the Cleveland Cavaliers. A, do you agree with me? B, what are your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, well, it certainly looks that way, right? Like, it certainly looks that way, and uh, what what – I was going to say it would be a treat. I guess it depends on what your perspective is. You know, there are a lot of Knicks fans out there I know that would not be looking forward to seeing Donovan Mitchell, you know, in a potential seven-game series in the first round, seeing him suit up at the Garden. Um, it might bring back some bad memories. I know Donovan Mitchell himself would obviously be fired up for that, and that would be a fantastic playoff series if it were to come to fruition. Obviously, nothing is guaranteed, but it is, it's is—it's hard to see the Nets hanging on to that 50. Anyway. So I would say that I agree with you there. The only thing that I would say is, you know, we still have 20 games left, and the Miami Heat, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily sleep on, on, uh, on your hometown Heat, right? Like, they're, they're there with just, just two games behind the loss column to the Knicks. And, you know, if they put together a little bit of a run, which they're definitely capable of doing, then, you know, you, you, you might still see some shuffling uh, in the season that you can accomplish. Aside from that, you know, the Atlanta Hawks, they just made a coaching change with, with Nate McMillan. Teams often experience a bit of a, of a boost when they um, access a coach that's 
become in their locker room have grown unfond of. So, again, the Hawks, another team certainly capable of putting together a run. But based on what we've seen over the past couple of weeks and based on who we know these teams are with roughly 20 games to go, I think the, the, the Knicks are going to be you know, fighting tooth and nail to stay out of that seventh spot because, obviously, if you drop to seven and you head to the play-in tournament, there's no guarantee that you're even going to get into the postseason. So the fact that they're there, the fact that they're nipping at the heels of the Nets for that fifth seed, I would more expect the Knicks to be moving up in the standings than I would for them to be moving down. So I say all that to say I agree with you. I think a first-round playoff series with the Cleveland Cavaliers, it definitely seems like that's what's in the cards for the Knicks. But they got 20 games to go. You know what I mean? we got to see how this thing plays out. And, again, depending on what your perspective is as, as Knicks fans, you know, you either are looking forward to seeing Donovan Mitchell for those seven games or you're not looking forward to seeing him for those seven games. But it is looking like that's what you're going to end up with. So uh, I guess I guess you got to kind of get used to the idea at this point. Moke, a big picture here looking at the East. Boston won, Milwaukee, the 76ers, Cavs, like I said, Nets, Knicks. I think the Nets will be uh, downgraded into that, that play-in realm. Who knows? Maybe it's the heat that that, that bumps up. But nonetheless... You know, I, I, I like this Milwaukee Bucks team. I know right now Giannis is, is dealing with, with some injuries. But um, who, who do you like coming out of the East right now? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it has been Milwaukee for me. Um, it's been Milwaukee pretty much all season long. And, you know, one could make the argument that if they didn't have some unfortunate injury issues, particularly the Chris Middleton last season, that it would have been them coming out of the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. last season. Um, what I will say about Boston, you know, I'm looking at Jason Tatum and I'm, and I'm kind of, I'm seeing him thrive and I'm seeing uh, a team that's really, really deep, a team that is well coached and a team that really importantly has the experience necessary and the youth that they need to kind of thrive and get through that postseason. I'm really starting to believe in the Celtics. And um, one of the reasons why is because I'm starting to see Jason Tatum show up a little more in big games. You know, and I think that that was really the one thing that was sort of missing for him. Like he definitely ascended and became an alpha, to to, to quote you, Anita. He definitely <laughs> became a number one guy capable of leading a team. But there were some of those big regular season games, you know, Saturday night on ABC, you know, Thursday night on TNT, where he would just come out and lay an egg. And we did see that a little bit in the postseason last year. So coming into this season, to me, the question was whether or not he would be able to kind of exercise those demons. Um, Similarly to Kyle Lowry, you know, when Lowry was back on the Raptors, he he really developed a reputation for being a poor playoff performer, and he ultimately was able to kind of put that stuff behind him and put forth some of those efforts that you need from from your top gun or one of your two top guns to help your team through a playoff series. So, um Right now, you know, I'm not really going against the chalk in the Eastern Conference. I, I, I like the Bucks if they can be 100% healthy going into the postseason. And, and I like Boston, obviously, sitting on top of everything. I, I think those are the two, the two top teams in the conference. And it's difficult for me to see anybody else ultimately meeting up in, in the conference final with a chance to go to the NBA Finals this year. Uh, really quick before we let you go, let's take a look in the West. I love Denver. They've got a five-shot lead above Memphis. Uh, Jokic, of course, to me, is more beyond deserving of uh, the MVP 
uh, award this season. We'll see if, if, if he is given it considering that he would then join, um, the, uh, the, the group of right, uh, Bill, Walt and, and Larry, um, then you've got the Kings, the Suns. We haven't seen what the Suns team looks like with KD. Curious to get your thoughts there. The Clippers with the addition of Russell Westbrook. I actually like the move. I know a lot of people don't. And then you've got Dallas sitting at six. The Lakers down there at 13. I love what the Lakers did uh, before the trade deadline. Lakers and the Mavs going at it this afternoon at 3.30. That's must-watch TV considering Kyrie um, is going to be going up against LeBron, where the two have been wanting to join forces for over a year now. But nonetheless, the landscape of the West. How do you see this play now? Man, I, I would need. I need. I need to go go check Miss Cleo for this one. I need, I need to go look into a crystal ball. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's tough. It's tough to predict. I mean, so much movement. So many things that still remain to be seen. Um, the Clippers, you know, they went to double overtime. They ultimately lost, but you know, they put up 175 points uh, in a game, you know, earlier this week. And I mean, with Russell Westbrook, with Eric Gordon, Mason Plumlee, you know, it's hard to argue with uh, what they did at the deadline. But right now in the Western Conference, I mean, like you said, you know, KD hasn't played for the Suns yet. The Nuggets have been sitting at, you know, at the top for seemingly the entire season. And Jamal Murray hasn't even really been operating at 100% for them and missing a bunch of games, you know what I mean? So even they, you could argue, haven't really been at 100% strength. They just added Reggie Jackson as well, formerly of the Clippers. So um, my, the most interesting storyline for me, obviously, I think like you, is whether the Lakers are going to be able to get in. They do sit in 13th, but they're only two games in the loss column behind the seven-seeded Warriors. So there's definitely a chance there. Today's game will obviously be big against the Mavericks. Right now, though, I think if there's one team that I like in the conference, I think I would probably lean to the Clippers. Uh, just because, you know, with Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard, they definitely have the wing defense that they'll need to succeed in the playoffs. They have the offense. Adding Russell Westbrook helps them. The other pieces help them. Very deep team, well coached. They pretty much have everything that they need. So it's just a matter of how, how the seeds play out. Hopefully they, they don't, for them, they don't draw the Suns in the first round. But, uh, you know, we're probably not going to know what those first-round playoff matchups will be until the final night of the regular season. So I think there are at least three or four teams out there in the conference that, that have a shot to represent the West um, in the finals, and Phoenix is definitely one of them. Again, Mo Hamilton uh, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. We come back. We're going to end the show strong uh, with you for another 10 minutes. I'll give you my picks and my plays. Some NBA, great NBA slate of games tonight uh, and today. XFL as well as uh, the Honda Classic. So I'll give you some, uh, hopefully some winners heading out into your Sunday fun day with next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Four minutes left in the show. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I'm sorry, Tom, I know you told me in the break. 
I'm, my mind's running a little slow today. I apologize. Uh, what I know we're going to network and then we're coming back with Rangers will be on at 4:30 today. Woohoo! There we go. And if you are an Islanders fan, they will be on 10:50 starting at 3 p.m. today. You rock, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, Mo Hamilton joined us on the show. Tina Servasio who just got back from Florida, give us some insight in regard to what's going on with the Mets, as well as the Yankees. Um, appreciate your calls. We heard from Marley Rivera, Stormy Bunintani, uh, talking XFL. So, uh, again, three minutes left in the show. Wanna, I want to leave you, just recap some of the plays I've got out there on this Sunday. XFL, uh, the under hit last night with D.C. and Las Vegas. So let's keep it rolling. So hopefully you're playing with house money right now. My favorite bet is uh, the San Antonio Brahmas um, laying the points. It was three and a half. I want to say it's up to four now against Orlando. Orlando, one of the worst teams in the XFL. Uh, That kicks off at four o'clock today. So I'm all over San Antonio. Again, my best bet uh, on this week's slate of XFL. And also give me Wade Phillips in the Houston Roughnecks laying the five against the Arlington Renegades. I just feel that Wade Phillips has this defense rolling on all cylinders, even though it's only week two of the XFL season. Trent Harris had four sacks in week one. I think he picks up where he left off. So I, I do like Houston to win convincingly. And as well as San Antonio, I'll lay the points. Um, NBA, a real great slate of NBA games today. One o'clock, the Suns and the Bucks kick off. Uh, no KD. Giannis is doubtful, just FYI. 3.30, I think this is can't-miss television. The Lakers going up against the Mavs. Obviously, the Mavs now with Kyrie. Kyrie and Luka going up against LeBron. No uh, D'Angelo Russell. He's out because of an ankle. I think the Lakers, they're arrested. I think they come out strong. I think they want to make a statement. I think that there's some urgency there. So I like the Lakers in the first half, and now this is up to plus two. So Lakers at the half, plus two. That's how I'm playing that game. A little bit later on this evening, well, a lot later on this evening, 10 o'clock, Denver going up against the Clippers. Denver lane, two and a half. I'm going to play that as well. Uh, They're eight and two their last 10 games. They're 27 and four at home. They've got the best player in the NBA on the court. And I think uh, the Lake, the, the Clippers, I think they're still getting used to, of, of course, the Russell Westbrook edition. And uh, in golf, you've got the Honda Classic. A lot of these dudes uh, who are in contention to win tee off around 120 this afternoon. Chris Kirk at the top of the leaderboard. But a guy who doesn't typically do well in the lead on Sunday uh, I like Shane Lowry here just for the odds. Six to one, Shane Lowry. Now he's he's quite a few shots back. He's four shots back. But um, let's not forget he's a major winner. He lives in Florida, in or about the PGA National Course, what they're playing on right now. He's fourth in strokes gained tee to green. So just for the odds, six to one, give me Shane Lowry to come from behind and win later on this afternoon. So those are my picks and my plays heading into a Sunday fun day. Again, I want to thank Tom and Julian for producing the show. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. I'll talk to you next week right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.